I'm Thad Brown. This is Carl Jones. It's time for Buffalo Camp Day recap. This is day two of Bill's camp. A little rainy day. Um, it rained for probably most of practice. Wasn't the worst in the world, but definitely a significant rain. Um, may have had an impact on how the offense did today because it was not the best day ever for Josh Allen or the offense. Um, you know, started slow, a couple interceptions in there. Um, but there was one sequence, back-to-back -back plays, Josh Allen rolling to his right, finds a wide open Dalton Kincaid for like 30 yards. Then very next play, Josh chased from the pocket, uh, throws a ball to Dawson Knox on the sideline in a spot where only Knox had a chance. Knox makes a superb toe-tapping catch. And Carl, you know, even though it wasn't the whole day for the offense, that little sequence is kind of what this team is hoping to be this year. Yeah, especially, I mean, you bring in a guy like Kincaid, who you hope transforms the offense a little bit, mm -hmm. especially the middle of the field, and be another secure outlet for Josh Allen. So it was encouraging to see those two plays from that position group at that point in practice, because before that, like you talked about, drops, you know, like missed throws. The DBs were making good plays as well, so I don't want to take too much credit away from them. But early on, practice wasn't great, whether it's the rain or just early on in the year, not all on the same page with everyone. So it was encouraging that the two guys outside of Stephon Diggs, that you bring here, you want this team to transform a little bit, they may plays when they need to be. Yeah, you look at the, how this team is going to you know, be set up on offense, obviously Diggs is the number one, but after that it does start to feel like that the Knox-Kincaid combo is what will be the number two option. I mean, look, you know, Gabe Davis talked today about how his high ankle sprain last year really hampered him all year. I really kind of have my doubts about, you know, how much we're going to put on a high ankle sprain week two, killing a whole year. But, you know, if he says it and thinks it, you know, obviously that, that's an important part of, you know, going into playing how you feel individually. But if it's not Davis, those two tight ends, I think, can be the group that has the impact. I look at the Chiefs from last year, and obviously they didn't really have an alpha number one receiver. But mm -hmm. what they did have is – Obviously, Travis Kelsey. I don't think there's a Travis Kelsey on the Bills right now. Right. But they were had a lot of depth at tight end. They transformed how they played. You know, when Tyreek Hill was the year their prior, vertical passing threat mm -hmm. offense. And they were able to dink and dump their way down the field last year. And I think Patrick Mahomes led the league in passing. So you can build a really prolific passing attack with your tight ends. So obviously, it helps when you have a guy like Stephon Diggs. But I am encouraged to see how they're able to implement a first-round pick. And a guy like Knox, who at his worst has been a serviceable tight end, hopefully you hopefully – be much better for the running mate next to him. Buzzword for formation this year, I think you're going to hear is 13 personnel. Chiefs ran a lot of three tight end, not a lot, but relatively a lot. All right, let's flip it to the defensive side of the ball because as we both kind of hinted at, some of the offensive struggles were just the defense playing well. And, and you know, you saw it a little more than I did, but we both saw multiple plays where it was just defensive backs in position, guys do, being where they're supposed to be, not allowing throwing lanes, not allowing plays to be completed. And, you know, I think Josh Allen in a couple spots had a, a situation where he's all he's got left is, is to force something. That's the only thing he had. So give credit to, you know, I thought Dane Jackson had a really good day. Uh, Jordan Poyer had a spectacular interception. But they say that early in camp, defense is ahead of the offense, and I think that's what we've seen so far. I just loved it. I'm sorry. I'm, for those at home, I played defensive back back in my day, so I just love when they dominate <laughs> practice like that. But Kyrie Elon also had a great player early on, I believe in the seven-on-seven -seven period, mm -hmm. where he undercut a route, led to a pick by, I believe, Cam Lewis. So it was encouraging to see, especially with that cornerback room, it's a lot of competition. I mean, especially that CB2 spot, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and Kyrie Elam, all three of those guys are competing to play opposite of Trey White. So they're all making plays thus far. I don't, obviously the pads aren't on yet. They're still in pajamas, as what I like to call them. But they're making plays. I've been seeing encouraging things. And also that Jordan Poyer interception was at a pivotal time because we talked about earlier about those two nice plays that Kincaid and Knox had. Poyer was the very next play. Yep. The very next play. So any of that offensive momentum that the offense could have used after practice, 
all pro post stifled that really fast. So that was encouraging to see that both sides of the ball were going back and forth. And I know it was raining, but it was raining for the defense as well. So you still have to react to that type of stuff. So I'm going to give them their flowers for being able to, you know, put your feet in the dirt and be able to get out of breaks and make plays on the ball when need be. It's been big, too, that the guys who are making plays, it's not Trey White. I don't remember Trey White making a play either the first two days. The guys I've been noticing are Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford. So, you know, if, if you're going to have to pick another starter from that group, at this point it feels nice that those guys are the ones performing so far. Let's talk a little bit about the defensive rotation. Um, those three guys, more so Benford and Elam, are spending a lot of time first team, second team, second team, first team. I think Benford's had more first team stuff than Elam so far. But at linebacker, the rotation's bananas. I mean, it's it's Dotson Inspector, and then it's Williams Inspector, and then it's Klein, and you know Milano's out there a lot too. But we are seeing the Bills try out everything, and then not only that, it'll be Dotson Inspector with Hyde and Poyer behind him. Then the next snap, it's Dotson Inspector with Hamlin and Tyler Rapp or Taylor Rapp. So the. the it's, it's been crazy, the rotation, and you know Mitch Morse talked yesterday about the rotation on the offensive line that not to get too wrapped up in it because they're trying things out. They want to see who can make plays. I really feel like the Bills are, are trying to, as much as possible, give everybody an opportunity, especially at linebacker, to prove themselves early in this camp. Especially with the different roles, especially the communication aspect of it. I saw early on, I think Dotson was at Mike and then Tor Toro Bernard was at Will, and, but other plays, I believe that was Klein that was in there at Mike, who's the communication, calling the defense. So it is intriguing. Everyone's getting a shot at calling the, calling the defense, calling the plays, relaying it to everyone else, because you're not always put in those positions. So when you're rotating and, and all that good type of stuff, you're putting different roles. You're being a little bit uncomfortable to turn out of the box a little bit. It also helps that you have a veteran like Milano who doesn't need every single snap on the second day of camp. It also helps you have two safeties who've been in the league mm -hmm. a decade plus at this point. So it allows Taylor Rapp, it allows Demar Hamlin and those other guys to get reps and move, move around and interchange a little bit. I think I saw Michael Hyde with a towel around his neck more than I saw him, <laughs> right. more than I saw him running around today. So that's very beneficial to all the young guys who are competing for a job because once week one rolls around, I'm pretty sure they are confident that Micah High, Poyer, and Milano, those three in particular, will be fine. Cam Lewis, by the way, today got a couple reps at safety ahead of Demar Hamlin. Hamlin is not a lock to make this roster. As much as I'm sure the Bills and everybody else don't want to see him get released, it is not a guarantee that he's on this team come September. Now, today was offensive coordinator day for the press conferences. Ken Dorsey spoke to the media, and Carl, he started by talking about year one and year two and how things could and maybe he's hoping will change going forward. I think Bill's Mafia, you guys should look at that answer because I'm sure you guys will be very intrigued because everyone, I think everyone, including us, everyone in that building as well, wanted to know what he thought of last year's team and how he's going to improve because regardless of what the stats say and what we may believe, the offense just didn't look the same. And the stats the look good. I mean, that's the thing. The stats were better than the year before. But now he's he admitted that things are he feels more comfortable. Instead of thinking and all that type of stuff, it's just second nature now that he hopes, not just from a play-calling perspective, but looking at defense, he's hoping that the players are more receptive of how he's coaching because he's a different style than Brian Dable. So I thought that entire, I believe it was like 90-second opening statement or question that he was given was very intriguing, especially from a guy who is very calculated with how he speaks, as you know. He's not going to give you an answer that he hasn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. So he's clearly been sitting on this for about eight months and how he's wanted to just approach this new year because he is more comfortable. I mean, I believe this was, we were sitting in the same spot last year. The statistic about first-year play callers who won a Super Bowl, mm -hmm. there's not many. I don't think there is one, if there right. is one. So the fact that he has a year under his belt, driving the Ferrari, that is Josh Allen, all the weapons that are around him, a little bit more comfortable terminology, practice he's in a new position and all that good type of stuff so it was intriguing to see him pull back the curtain a little bit and reveal that he is more comfortable driving that fast Lamborghini second year play callers by the way don't fare much better than first year but it but it is still better it is still better 
The other thing Dorsey said today that I was interested in was a question about James Cook. He talked about Cook as, quote, every down running back, as a guy who doesn't, the, the defense's antenna doesn't go up when he's on the field. Maybe saying that, look, he's not going to be just a third down back. When we bring him out there, we're going to throw. And he also complimented Cook's ability to grind out yards and run between the tackles. Now, I'll tell you what, the last part, I don't remember him doing much last year. I really don't know what Ken Dorsey is talking about because Devin Singletary got every third and short run last year. But it doesn't mean that Cook can't do it or hasn't done it in practice. So on the one hand, me personally, looking at Cook as a guy that's much lighter than most number one running backs, 190 pounds, as a guy who, you know, you know I've talked about this in a couple different spots um, on content before, that he's not a guy that really makes yards by himself behind the line of scrimmage. Downfield is different. I don't trust him as an every down lead, big time, you know, carry the workload back. You want to make him a 50-50 back? Absolutely. But what I think and what the Bills think doesn't have to always jive. And certainly if I'm the, the, the fantasy manager in me, heard that and said, Cook just went up a bunch of ADP and my draft came up this year. <laughs> that, is, that was the first thing I thought about. I'm like, man, like, I'm not saying that I'm going to draft him, but if I did, I'm going to draft him a little bit higher than, yeah. I, like, than I thought. I, I mean, I know conventional wisdom says that a guy his size and his profile isn't supposed to get the, you know, 70% of the, of the, I don't want to say just carries, but touches in general. I just don't see it. I, I really don't, especially with a guy like Damian Harris, who backup 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call him has proven to be a viable player in this league. I don't want to just take him off the field just to take this because I think Cook is some superb back. I think he's fine. He's solid. Maybe he takes a sophomore leap and becomes the back that the Bills envision, which is very possible. I mean, this is just practice, and the games are totally different. Right. But like you said, the profile don't lie, man. It's gonna be, he will be a really anomaly to be a guy that they envision, or they're talking about at least. So. All right, it's time to hand out our turkey burgers every practice. We uh, hand them out like Buckeyes, Ohio State, if you've heard of that, the little stickers on the helmet. If you do make a good play, you get a turkey burger. We're going to keep track of uh, who gets turkey burgers every practice. We'll have a standings page as we get a little later, a little later on in practice. Day two, not that much right now. I'll go first. My first turkey burger, Quentin Morris. A superb one-handed grab over the middle today. You thought the pass was tipped. It might have been. I don't know. There were definitely hands in his way. I think it's more impressive that it was tipped. The concentration is still one-handed. Oh. Just a, a, you know, we talk a lot about, we did today, just now, Knox and Kincaid being weapons. If you have Morris as that third weapon and you want to put three tight ends on the field, and, and again, if you want to look into 13 personnel, do a little research on what the Chiefs did last year, it's fascinating what 13 personnel can offer. It's really 12 personnel on steroids, but that, that's a whole deeper conversation. Regardless, you get another tight end like that on the team, and let's say Knox gets hurt or Kincaid gets hurt, you still have a guy that you can go to to run that 12 personnel. So Morris showing a little bit today. I'm going to stick in the tight end room for my, uh, not Buckeye, turkey burger, Dawson Knox. I'm, I'm, that play we talked about earlier, toe drag swag on the sideline, nice dime where he only he could catch it. Once again, the Bills are going to need that room to step up. And if they can transform it and just having like a curve curveball, obviously they love to live in a spread world, but just have different ideas and different ways you can attack a defense. Because the Chiefs, although we do know them to be the spread team, spread you out, all right, sometimes we'll just bring all the big, big dudes in here and then, get you that way. So I do think it's encouraging to see that the first two days of practice, that room is shined. Turkey burger for me for Greg Rousseau had a couple of back-to-back -back pressures. He was very good last year on stunts inside and lo and behold, he had what I think would have been a sack on Josh Allen stunting inside. Now to be fair, like you said, guys are still in pajamas today. So it's hard to look at anything that happens either line and make any conclusions, but Rousseau stood out for today. So he gets a turkey burger for me. And my last turkey burger, all pro pole, that interception was beautiful. Josh Allen got a little greedy, tried to 
uh, get in between the corner and the, and the safety over there on the sideline. Poirier's like, hold on, I've seen this play like 10,000 times in my life. Don't, I don't know what you're doing right here. I'm not the guy to mess with. Picked it off. It probably would have been a pick six. Um, a very impressive play. I believe it was targeted towards Trent Shurfield. But nonetheless, encouraging to see, especially when the offense had a lot of momentum at that point in practice. And then the captain says, all right, we nip this in the bud and let's take over practice. My last turkey burger, Dane Jackson, had a couple of pass breakups early. And I think both times were plays where he just did his job in the right position, in the defense, taking away passing lanes. And give the guy credit. We're only, we're only two days into camp. But so far, he's pulling a Levi Wallace and continues to stiff arm all the competition. Yeah, exactly. He's been the guy that's been by far the one who's been on the first team more with Trey White. Even though Kyrie Elam's a first-round pick, even though Christian Benford made plays, and, and I think his stock is rising, Dane Jackson continues to hold down that first-team spot and was really good again today. When do we get in Turkey Burgers? I know we were giving them out, but when do we get them? Uh, we have to do something really good. This is the, this is day two for us. No, I'm talking about our food. Like, when are we getting them? Oh, we got we got the fish today. We had the catfish thing. Today. I want turkey burgers though. I don't know if we're gonna get them again this year. All right, well, then I need to make some calls. Stay tuned for that. We'll see if uh, turkey burgers enter the media um, meal rotation. Something good. We had uh, tacos yesterday, and fish and pasta today. I don't know if fish and pasta go together, but they were both good. I'm not complaining. I'll tell you yeah. that. Food was excellent. Okay, thanks for watching Buffalo Cap Day recap. This is day two. We'll be back again tomorrow. For Carl Jones, I'm Thad Brown. Click on something else here at RockyFirst.com.